And welcome to the beginning of a new Capital One Teachable Tuesday webinar here on September 6th. Today's lesson is strategies and how-tos for student staff development. Thanks for joining this important session as we discuss empowering student employees with meaningful workplace experiences. I'm Adam P. Ledyard, the Assistant Athletic Director for Communications here at East Texas Baptist University and a member of COSIDA Planning Committee. And I will serve a dual role today in the webinar as a moderator and a presenter. Before we begin and introduce our panelists, we'd like to say a quick thank you to our corporate partner, Capital One, presenting sponsor of COSIDA's Professional Development and Continuing Education Series. And we welcome your questions at any time, just place them in the attendee hub section and you can anonymously, if you wish, We've got lots to cover, so let's get started. We appreciate you joining us today. Now, here's today's panelists as they introduce themselves and where they are from. Hi, I'm Ken Sweeten, uh, Southern Connecticut State University Associate Director of Athletics for Athletic Communications. I'm Paul Cipriano, Shippensburg University Graduate Assistant. Sorry. That's right. J.D. Campbell, Indiana. Thank you for the introductions and we're going to jump right into the questions. The first one is with our growing responsibilities coupled with a reduction of some staffs and resources, hiring and developing a student workforce is an essential duty for athletic communicators. Let's start right off. Uh, Ken, we'll start with you. Who do you hire and how do you hire them? Um, well, it's gotten, we're, we're in an age, obviously, where a lot of our students are, are a lot, in some cases, better better versed in, uh, in creative areas than, than we are, um, uh, what we're skilled in. And um, I, I've, I've been very intentional over the last couple of years in uh, going out and advertising and recruiting for, you know, students on campus, specifically, not just sport management students or, or things in that area, but journalism students. Um, people who have experience in videos and video editing, and um, I, I've I've launched an Owls Creative Team, as I've called it here, and uh, placed uh, an article up on our website, advertised it during um, uh, orientation over the summer, and got a great response from some students who were coming to campus or returning to campus, and half of them were were our student athletes who uh, wanted to get involved and in, uh, um, see a career in that area. And uh, we, we're, we're leaning on them a little bit to do a, a good, good deal of our creative um, uh, uh, offerings for our program. So we're, we're, uh, we're branching out from the typical um, student who can, who can just write or has, a, has an interest in sports. Uh, we're looking for creatives uh, primarily, but you, know, we, you never know where you find somebody uh, who, who's, who can be very uh, beneficial uh, in other areas as well. Pearl, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do up there? So for me, I'm the head of like the with the work studies, but I have a great relationship with our coaches. So I communicate with them and ask them, hey, you know, like if you have any student athletes that would want to work, like we'll take them in. And also during compliance meetings that at the very start of school, like we go and talk to each you know teams and put a face what about sports info and that really helps a lot of like athletes know hey 
we can go and work for them too because we always say hey we're hiring all the time and we'll we'll do we'll go with your strength as well and that's a little bit of what i do uh with both of you combined here at etbu is a lot of it is word of mouth we've got a website where they can apply for work study positions uh, but we have a pool of money that we can hire st the students uh... all right well um let me step in a little bit and add maybe until we can get Adam back. One of the things that we have done at Indiana, and I've worked at all levels, junior college, NAIA, division two, mid-major, and now high major. And one of the things that we're lucky at Indiana is that four members of our communication staff teach. And so what we've tried to do is, especially in, in my, my classes, I try to encourage them to join COSIDA. And then what we, we do then is try to get kids that we know uh, that we can depend on uh, I think dependability is the first talent that you look for, because if you're not dependable, then I can't can count on you. Uh, and what I try to do is identify people that are very different from me in terms of their skill set, because I do not want to have clones of me really working in the office. I think I have a unique skill set in that I have 37 years of building relationships uh, and have worked in every type of scenario you can imagine in college athletics. So what I try to do is develop those people who have strengths in other areas, whether it's creative, whether it's statistics, whether it's working with the team. I've been very successful. I actually have two or three former managers of uh, basketball teams that I've worked with at Bowling Green and Indiana who are now full-time in athletic communication. So that's what we try to do is we try to build up a farm system of people that we can constantly refer to whenever we have an opening. You have um, you have kind of like a SID school down at uh, over at Indiana. You you have the you can talk about a farm system. You really built up a team right from the ground out there. Well, you know, again, I, I think that what we try to do is empower them immediately. And and the first thing that I look at is you better want to be able to work sports other than football or basketball. Um, we've had some great teams here. Uh, you know, people know about the Big Ten football and Big Ten basketball and Indiana basketball, but soccer has been very successful competing for national championships year in and year out. Swimming and diving has produced a number of Olympians and gold medalists. Baseball, uh, if you're a Phillies fan, we've had Kyle Schwarber here, uh, went to the College World Series in 2013. So we really think we can give a lot of experience uh, and help them grow and then help build them up as we do with all of our uh, student assistants and, and help them hopefully be able to come back through the farm system at some point. Well, with that and hearing the importance of the talents and what, how we do at each places, uh, how do you then play to the strengths of your students and your student workforce and, and, and uh, have them use what they use, their, their, talents and gifts for your department. Uh, Pearl, why don't you open up a little bit about what you do there? So we created a social team. A lot of um, our students love, you know, social media and myself and my boss, we, we, we like our social media team socials, but 
you know, we can't keep up with how many sports we have here. So we let them, you know, take control of it. We trust them to do it. We play on their strengths. Um, we've just started the, our TikTok page and that really helped, you know, strengthen up uh, how much we are out there, you know, our faces out. And, you know, we ask them as well, like, what, what do they want to do? And whether it's, you know, taking a challenge, that, that helps them, gives them this, the confidence that they can do it too. Ken, what's some examples that you have up there with your school working with your students? Um, we, we have kids from a lot of different disciplines on, on our creative team. Uh, we have some kids who walk through the door and they just do photography, but hey, I want to try out, you know, doing videos. I, I, I know that things need to move on social media, so I can take really good pictures, but I can also grab video with this, with this camera. We have, may have another kid who's really strong in video editing and, and creating some great hype videos and something really dynamic. And we found that those two groups start coming together. Um, and I, I, I try to build almost a community within um, the athletic communication staff within uh, within our student workers uh, that are very collaborative and they're working together and they're lending their talents from one area to another. Um, so, and I also would like to have a lot of well-rounded students as, as well that can do a lot of different things, um, you know, on, at, a, at a moment's notice, really. Our photographer didn't show up, here's a camera, go take some pictures, that sort of thing. Uh, whatever whatever works. And it, it's uh, it's become fun um, with this group and, and they're very engaged uh, uh, to get out there and try new things, but also to really continue to expand on their skill set in whatever area that they want to specialize in. I think you're muted, Adam. There we go. JD, you're uh, in a unique situation there at Indiana with your farm system that you talked about. Tell us a little bit about some of the examples that uh, you have there with students and what they do. Well, one of the things that I always try to do is I never ask anyone to do anything that I wasn't asked to do as I was building throughout my career. And Sometimes, again, making sure that people can survive menial tasks. Maybe it's doing research by looking up things through old media guides. Maybe it's transcribing quotes. Maybe it's doing post-game notes. There's a, a multitude of things that you can do. And, and I think, again, in addition to the dependability and work ethic, um, doing things like, okay, I need you to go through the websites and cut and paste all the clippings and put them in word for me. I have got to see that you're willing to do, uh, whatever it takes and whatever we need, uh, at the same time, I'm not going to ask you to go in and go get Mike Woodson out of the locker room after a loss and get him to the post-game press conference. That's going to be my job. But you know, again, when you're when you're looking at building that student student farm system, you've got to make sure that they understand that there's a lot of different things that have to be done. And if you can show that you can do the menial things, uh, then I think that you have a shot to be successful because it's not always going to be that way. But you've got to cut your teeth in a certain way to be able to be successful down the road. And piggybacking on that, just with getting using your students to their uh, abilities, 
one of the things we do here at ETBU is when I talk to them through the interview is seeing what their background is. I've got a math major that does statistics for us because he likes working with numbers. I've got our communication students doing pictures and video. Uh, I've got a graphic design student helping us with uh, social graphics and things like that. So we play to the ability of what they apply for and then see what else they want to learn too as they go. And if they want to jump in and learn statistics, we kind of, we feel out where they want to learn things and uh, grow them as they start as freshmen through their senior year, mimicking a little bit of your farm system there at, at Indiana. We also want to remind, if you have any questions, you can put them into the questionnaire area there for us to answer. Moving on to question number three, having the students buy into the importance of their work and their value for it, sometimes it, it takes a little bit, but um, talk a little bit about, uh, JD, your, your students buying into what you do and how you do it and how it helps them uh, in the, to the future. Well, I think the thing that we can sell is the fact that we continually try to show them, do you see this person here? Do you see that person here? They started off just where you did and look what they're doing now. Look how they've advanced and look how, again, I, I tell people that there's a lot of difference between having a job and having a career. And a job is something that you look at the clock, you feel the hours, a career you do not. And I think there's an excitement about knowing that you get to participate in something where you get to see the success of, of other individuals on the field or on the court, or wherever it may be, and know that you can play a small part in that. And that, that's extremely gratifying when you, when you get to know people, as you do when you work in athletics, get to know the student athletes, and you get to know the coaches and you see and get to share at least a little bit in their success. That's a great motivator, I think, because there is no bigger thrill, I think, for any of us than uh, being able to uh, have success and have some instant gratification to it. And I think that's what I try to do most of all is let them know, hey, you know, what you're doing is important and it's important to the coach. It's important to the kids. And it's important to the university. And if I can do that, then I think they're more willing to have buy-in as we go along. Pearl, how, how do you get some of your students to buy into what you're doing? I mean, for me, you know, we've, we've com we communicate well with them and saying like, hey, you may not work this game. And I, it's kind of the same what JD said that maybe when you're not doing this right now, but, you know, over time you will be but also coaches giving some swags for your student workers and feeling like a part of a team. That's also another way to, you know, to get them to buy in, you know, some that aren't a student athlete and is just a worker, like they would feel like they're part of a team as well. Ken, tell us a little bit of how you have your students buy in. Well, for me, I, I mean, I do what I do, and I and and I think that that we can all agree we do this for for a number of reasons. But uh, I, I have fun. It's fun to watch sports for a living, you, you know. And you're part of something. And it, as JD was saying, even seeing that success on the field, you're you're part of something there, and you're 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 getting some of that uh, emotion as well. And that's a big part of, of sports and why we all work in sports. And I try to con convey that 
uh, mindset to the people that work for me and, and understanding every role that we have is important to the success of our department in showcasing, um, you know, our athletic programs and our student athletes. You know, uh, you may not want to run a camera to, for the video stream, but this is why it's important. And this is why it might be the most important thing that we do today. You know, it's raining outside. It's a little cold. You don't want to stand outside the press box, but this is a huge role that we need to have filled today. And, and just kind of building off of that and, and understanding how important each one of their roles is in, in the part that it plays in our success um, and for the athletic department and not only our, our department as well. We had a question come in. One of them was, how do you go about recruiting student workers, especially when they can just go off campus and make double what you can pay them here? Well, in my situation, I don't recruit. The reason being is, is because I want kids that want to be in athletics and they're not worried. Again, a lot of them do have to work. We understand that to pay the bills, but I don't have to recruit. They usually come to me and, I, and we've got uh, one individual. Uh, I, I think uh, Evan Brennan sent me a nice note here and he talks about his experience in my class. And now he's a full-time assistant SID out there. I, you know, you, you, you've got to get people that want to be in athletics because this is a different world. It's a different industry and shame on us. If we don't educate people on the industry that you're going to be working Saturdays and Sundays, you're going to be working nights. And if, if it's more important to you to go make more money doing something else, then that's going to hurt you potentially. I'm not saying it can't be done, but for me, recruiting, usually after I talk to a class, I've got kids coming up to me in class and saying, hey, is there a way? And I had a situation before COVID where I would offer four passes to a home football game to get to follow me around because I don't work too hard during football. My job is doing the uh, post-game presser for the visiting coach. So I would say, hey, here's four passes. You're going to meet up in the press box. It's a noon game. Meet me there at 1130. And I'm going to show you everything I do in my role. I can't have you work basketball with me because it's too hard. But for a football game and a Big Ten football game, here you go. And I couldn't believe how many kids were, were really excited to compete for those four passes. And we got kids out of there because we saw what they were willing to do and how they wanted to help. And that's how I was able to maintain a good base of students to help us throughout the year. Pearl and Ken, do you have anything to add to that on how to help with the student workers? Yeah, going back a couple of years ago, I, I uh, there were social media ads that I, that I floated out there. Um, and, and, you know, I, I started that again. I posted a release on our website, um, you know, distributing it around campus as well, saying we want creatives. We want kids that want to come out and, um, do some cool stuff for our programs, take some pictures, create some videos, handle our social media accounts, uh, grab on field highlights, post it right to our story on, on, on IG. And uh, three years ago, we, we were surviving off a of word of mouth and got a pretty good team. Um, hey, my friend was looking for a job. He's really good at taking pictures, action shots. So we brought him on board. Um, and that's kind of how it's been now. This, this, this word of mouth has been spreading out there after we did our initial uh, recruiting push um, over the summer, we had a, a great number of kids and they were saying, are you still hiring? I have a friend from one of my classes who might be interested. It's been, it's been great. 
and our student athletes see what we're doing. Um, and, you know, they want to know more about it, what we're trying to do to, to promote them in the programs. And now they're bringing all of their friends on board, all their teammates on board to help out as well. One of the things we do to help uh, with that, because they can make more off campus, but uh, we tell them with the buy-in, you know, you, you get food, we'll feed them, they get some gear. And if they're good enough, as they get older into junior and senior year, they can travel. We'll take them on a couple road trips to get some pictures and do some social on the road. So they earn those spots as they move up. And it's, it's those perks that they uh, vie for that they won't get anywhere else uh, off campus if they work. It's just for money where this will help them with their career. Um, I'll add into that, actually, Adam, is we've created interns as well we 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 go and you know talk to our communications program here and talk to them and see hey if they want to do an internship with us you know that's three credits that they will get in within a semester you know working into a field that they're thinking of already so with that we'll move on to the next question which is the importance for SIDs to take time to develop guidelines for student assistance, teach them and lead them, evaluate and proof their work before it's posted. This cannot be dismissed because you are crazy busy and don't have time. Your role is to educate, create time for it, have check-ins routinely. Uh, ask what can they do to do better? Uh, what is it that you guys do to train your student athletes or students uh, to work with the student athletes, to work at games, uh, to help them get better at what they do while working for you? I can start it off with mine. Um, so at my old undergrad, I actually created a handout where it has step-by-step -step of like how to do things, especially with being just by yourself back then, I was, I needed someone else to help me. So I gave them a folder. I'm like, look, I sat down with them for 30 minutes and that 30 minutes is enough time to train someone and educate them how to do, like put calendars up on side arm or schedule stuff on blue frame. Like it's just the little things that will help work studies to feel important, but also that they feel like, they matter and they're just not, a, they're just not another body. They, they matter with what they do and they can see that it's a career that they would want to do later in life. I'll go over uh, um, very uh, deliberately, you know, where people are supposed to be at certain times, um, what exactly their role is going to be on that given day. And we'll walk them through um their task basically before the game starts uh, and just kind of spell out to them, all right, you're shooting highlights for us. This is where you're allowed to be and where you're not allowed to be because I did make the mistake of not explaining that and had a student walking onto the field to grab footage, which obviously created a little bit bigger issue than, than, uh, than I intended that, that day, that day, but uh, he didn't make that mistake again. And I certainly didn't make the mistake of not explaining it to the next person. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I also empower them to be creative, to, to you know, um, make some decisions on their own and, and say, you know, use your head and, and think back to the things that you see um, out there that, that you think you can recreate. And then sitting down with them afterwards and, and just kind of going over 
um, you know, when you're shooting photos, let's try to aim for the logo on their chest so I don't have 34 pictures of everybody's back running down the field. There's a, there's a lot of uh, uh, pregame instruction, but then there's there's kind of like some post-game uh, post meetings to kind of um, uh, decode what they did and, and how did they improve the next game, and, and I've been successful with that. For me, a lot, a lot of it has been uh, the fact that a number of the kids that have come to help us began in my class. And so they get a lot of the uh, ins and outs and talking points through the handouts that I have in class. What I try to do most of all is I've learned that having conversations with people um, hey, how did it go? Did it, did you do, were you comfortable with everything? This is what you're going to do. This is what's expected. And I think if you have conversations, uh, there's a better chance of retention in my, in my situation. Um, we obviously have a bigger staff. So a lot of times I don't deal with the students maybe on a day-to-day -day basis when it comes to every other program here in Indiana, I'm dealing solely with men's basketball. But when they do touch men's basketball, what I try to do is get them to understand how important it is, what they do, how timeliness is critical. You're a news organization in that role, whether you, if you're going over to the visiting locker room to get quotes from the coach, uh, you know, it's important. And these are all things that I was tasked that I was given. Uh, when I started off at Johnson County Community College uh, in Kansas, in 1986, 87, 88, I went and volunteered to work home football games for Kansas and Doug Vance. And Doug gave me two, two duties. Number one, um, he, uh, he gave me a role of participation, marking off all the people that came in and out of the football game. And secondly, uh, I was to go into the visiting locker room and get quotes. Uh, I did that. And then after I showed that I could do that, and, and again, it was all volunteer work, then he said, hey, by the way, Raycom needs a spotter on the field. Can you help? And I did that, and I made a few bucks, uh, nothing life-changing. But that's how I was able to advance. And, and so I believe interpersonal conversation, interpersonal relationships, which is what I built my whole career on foundationally, that's what I try to do with the students because I think they respect that and, and they listen. Okay, they listen more so than they would listen um, if I would if I was giving a lecture, and so I try to have one on one relationships. I believe that's the best for me. And what we do here at ETV is kind of a combination. I don't have handouts, but every year all of our student workers come together and we have a big meeting at the beginning of the year describing all the positions. But then also all of our scrimmages and exhibitions before the season starts. We just run everybody through and say, this is statistics, this is pictures, this is social, this is running the video computer, this is running the video camera, and have everybody see what those positions are, and then we'll filter it out from there. Some of them we already know, and some of them are trying to figure out, and they learn those positions through that, and if they want to develop more, we have uh, developmental teams uh, for basketball and baseball, and so they can work developmental games to hone those qualities if they want to do more with broadcasting or uh, with statistics or things like that, where we can have them have them train and learn that. So that's one of the things we do here uh, as they learn, as they go. And, and then we also sit down with them if they are a student.
say, hey, how did I do? And I'll, I'll sit down and say, hey, you said this well, you didn't see this, you didn't say this so well, and we've got to work on this. And, it, you know, it's, he is taking that time and sitting down with them, those relationships, and speaking to them about it and making the time to make them better. So uh, with that, we'll move on to uh, another question here. Pearl, as a former student athlete and student assistant, what do you wish you knew while serving in that role? Um, for me, it was a tough situation, but I think, you know, instead of being thrown into the fire of like, here you go, here's all the things that you have to do. Actually, like, you know, like we've already talked about is educating them and that not letting them make mistakes is okay. It's, uh, we can always fix it. And sometimes it, you can't fix it, but you know, like, but it's letting them see that you trust them. I, you know, as a student athlete and as a student assistant, it was really hard to see, to have someone teach me because no one, no one knew what they were doing back then. And, you know, with the COSIDA all-in membership, I, I think having a webinar for just student workers and like, it could literally be like a class session for them and on how to do something will help them and take time away from you on having to do that too. Like those are the main, you know, I wish we had, I wish I had to, that as well. We had a couple of questions come up just about uh, hiring students and paying them and, and asking if, if we all pay students. And I think JD said that you're one of them that does not pay, but uh, with that, and we've gone over it a little bit, uh, how does, a, how does a school or a program, SID, work with this when the budget redu reductions are coming uh, and different things like that where they don't have a whole lot of money to uh, support student-athletes? And uh, I think all three, four of us have hit it in different areas with interns and uh, connections with the departments. So if anybody wants to give some more advice on how to make those situations work if you have limited budgets to hire students? Well, I think the thing that I, the creed that I live by is what you do for little or no money that allows you to make money in something you love. And again, I started at the NAIA level at a school with four sports. And so because of that, I put in the same kind of work. I, the big time is wherever you're at. There are only big time people. OK, um, and, and I think by living with that and living with those philosophies, it's allowed me to continue to have the same foundation for 37 years of how I wanted to do business and how I wanted to represent a program. And what we do, uh, for instance, if, if, if you're someone that has been with us for a while, we have opportunities for you to make money through the television networks, maybe $100, $125 a game working stats, $125 being a runner for CBS or something like that. Again, not everybody can do that. I understand that. I, you know, again, I understand that level, but I'm saying for me, anything you can do gear as has been talked about, Maybe get to travel with a team to a specific championship, a league championship, so you have coverage there on the on site. Those things can go a long, long way to enhancing and motivating and keeping people engaged. 
I understand money is an issue. Totally get it. But I can tell you that most successful people that I've found in our industry have all had to work their way up through countless hours of either volunteering or low pay or just doing whatever. And I think in our industry, that is the standard for me. That's what I believe in. I can't speak for everybody here on the panel, but for me, that's the industry standard is, is doing a lot for little or no money. So later on, you can have an edge when it comes to uh, seeking employment in this career that you love. And that's, that's right. That's, that's right on the head right there. That hit the nail right on the head. That's, that's just amazing. I, I hope there's a lot of people listening to, to this webinar right now to hear that message because it's, it's perfect. I don't want to follow that. That's <laughs> that, that, that I can't, what about, yes, we, we pay our students uh, and we have interns um, that we've uh, we, I've, I've moved from, from grabbing sport management interns um, to journalism interns and, and people who can, who can come out and shoot uh feature interviews and, and do photography for us and people in those disciplines that are that are skilled in those areas. Those are the ones that we don't, they're unpaid internships, but we do have student workers that work on an hourly rate. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Ken. We do a lot of that. We do some unpaid internships with the sports management and communications department, and then, then also hire in students with the, the little bit of budget money we have to do that. So with, with all this said, there was a question that came in. What's the best way to build lasting relationships with student workers since they're likely going to be gone and <coughs> or often less? For me, the best way that I've been able to build those relationships is to continue to be in touch. Uh, social media makes it a lot easier uh, to find out what someone's doing in their life. Um, we've had so much luck. And again, this is actually the, the way that I think it should be. When we have someone graduate from our program, graduate from the university, and they've been involved in media relations, sports and information, communications, whatever. And now in the areas of the creative arts, I want them to go away to see another side of how things are done. And once they get an idea our last three hires this summer um, were all former student assistants. Uh, two of them went away to do internships at other schools. And when we immediately had an opening, and again, openings now, the number of applicants are less. So now is a great time to get into the industry because you can really advance much quicker than say 25, 30, maybe even 10 years ago. And getting that experience and keeping in touch with them and finding out what they're doing has allowed us to fill positions very quickly uh, because we're constantly in contact with them to making sure that, how is your experience at, at University Y or College X? And they see, oh, well, we're doing this differently or that differently, or I'm taking this from what you taught me. And we find that it's been really successful. So I think through social media and just interpersonal communication via text, uh, email, or calling them on the phone to just have a conversation. I think that's really key that you do that because you're also trying to establish future contacts in the, in the, in the event that you have a position open later on. 
Um, one of the things, can, oh, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I can add into that. Like we have, um, we try and have lunches with like, so us GAs, we have lunches all together, but also, you know, we try and have their birthdays listed that way our work studies. It's another way for them as a, as a thank you, you know, like we can send out like a little present for them and all that, like, but it also helps build that lasting relationship within after they graduate. Uh, but also it keeps them working for us as well. I try to get to know all my, all my workers on a personal basis to some extent, you know, I chat them up, you know, where are you from? You know, what do you want to do? You, you know, try to get into it a little bit there. And then sometimes we play the feud during games. We play a little family feud going on, unofficial family feud. Just fire out some questions to fill those dead periods of time during the game or at halftime or something. Random questions and starts a conversation. Dumb stuff. If you could be type of French fry, what type of French fry would you be? Or something ridiculous like that. Uh, just trying to connect with the kids at some point. Um, you know, during their time working for us and uh, just making their that those games that are sometimes long and boring or hard a little more enjoyable for them. And I, I've had good relationships with a lot of students that have worked for me. One of the things we do, you get to know people over breaking bread is what we call it. And uh, we'll have food after the games back in the office in our in our area. Come on back. And I've. I've seen where they just stick around and they just start talking. They're not in a hurry to leave. And so we get to know them more through just casual talk, eating pizza. Uh, and then last year I started a, a Christmas party at my house with my family and they really enjoyed that. And that's one thing we're going to continue this year is just one of those things where it's just team bonding overall with, with the department. And I've seen that that's grown our uh, togetherness in our, in our, uh, communications department here at ETVU. So uh, before our seminar is starting to wind down, if you have any more questions, please throw them into the portal there so we can answer them. What's an example of a recent win with some of your student workers? I could, I'll start this. Um, part of it is uh, finding students that want to develop into broadcasters. That's been a big thing here for me is some of them have just fallen into, into my lap. Uh, from the communications department saying, hey, we've got a broadcasters. And within the last uh, two and a half years, I've had three students that have come up and said, I want to broadcast. And so we, we break them in, uh, starting with PA to see if they can handle the, uh, the, the loudness and how their voice really goes. And then we develop them into developmental games and throw them into some hockey games and then move on up to uh, the varsity games uh, like the farm system. And uh, we've been able to cover all of our games without really paying a, a true broadcaster um, with the students learning as they go. And we've developed that. And people know now, hey, I want to broadcast. Well, what's your background? Well, I do this and this and this. Okay, well, let's come talk and see what you can do. And I was a broadcasting major, so I can look for some of those things and help them out as they grow and, and uh, move forward with that. And, and a win recently was a student that came last year from the communications department as a intern developed into a student worker second semester, Shamal, who got a grant from division three to go to COSIDA and he networked there. And, and now he's, he's here.
him because that's what he likes to do. But he's also branching out to learn more. And uh, he got a chance to – we went up to Wisconsin this week for our opener against Ash, And he, he traveled with me up there and did the video for us and things like that. So that's the one for me is seeing him finish out his degree and finding a place for him to go to graduate school if, if I can't keep him here. Well, for me, um, last week, I'm now teaching a class at my alma mater. I used to teach in Indiana, and I decided to, to change my alma mater, Newman University in Wichita, Kansas, has developed a sport communication major. And uh, they asked if I would be interested in teaching, and I only have time to really teach one class a semester. So I decided to teach at Newman this year. And a win for me was one of my former students back at Emporia State, who I met in 1993, was able to come on to our class and talk about game promotion and fan engagement. His name's Brian Proct, and he's the associate AD at Notre Dame. After being a student at Emporia State, working at Long Beach State, the Southland Conference, Wichita State, Arkansas, and now Notre Dame. And to me, I took so much pride in hearing about his journey and hearing about the things that he did to help promote sports. And that, for me, was a big win. The other win I will tell you about is – uh, the fact that for those of you that um, maybe you're specializing or have a really strong talent in the creative area, whether it be graphic design, whether it be uh, video, whether it be, uh, you know, broadcasting or whatever. As I said, the big time is wherever you're at. Uh, you know, you can sit there and, and these jobs creatively right now are actually more abundant than in media relations. But they're all we're all part of COSIDA. We're all in now. And I think that if you whatever experience you can get and put together a, a nice portfolio, uh, you've got a chance to advance in a career very quickly because those jobs are becoming more and more abundant. Yeah, the portfolio is important, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's one thing that I do promise to, to all the kids that come work for me. Um, get, come and do some great things for us and whatever you produce is yours. Take it, throw it on your Instagram account and, and build your portfolio. Use all of this stuff for your own content. It adds value, even more value um, uh, to that content that's being built by them. Yeah, I agree with Ken. Like we have, I try and do that too with our um, student workers, but a win for us was having our GAs actually applying for the NCAA internship program. Like, you know, it's, we've been able to expand their roles. Um, and now they, they're more, they're more um, engaged in wanting a career with, with this sport. Um, they used to just like, you know, they just come and work, but now they're like, okay, well, what about being in a social or digital media team? Like, explaining to them that it's not just sports information. It's not just statting. It's not just writing recaps of videos. There's more to it. There's different insights within that umbrella. I think another thing in building relationship is, is actually, and something I, I've worked hard to, to improve on is not getting, not getting like stuck in the weeds. Like you, you get, we have so many things that we need, need to do on any game day or any day in the office you know sometimes non-game days are more or are busier than uh than than game days on, on sometimes and we we get it's easier to fall behind and, and get busy with a lot of different things but if a kid comes knocking on your door um 
you know, take the time to sit down with them and, and, you know, answer their questions. Or if a kid comes in excited that he has an idea, Hey, I, w- I want to try him or her try. I want to try this at a game, you know, empower them to do that and take the time to sit there and say, well, that's a great idea, but how about we try this or let's call somebody else on this team that we're, we put together and the two of you work together to get this done, but show, show um, interest in what they want to do to, to get them more invested in, in this role. Um, you know, that, that's always been, uh, um, an important thing for, for me anyway. We'll do one final question that was in the portal there before our final takeaways. There's a question. Are there any go-to majors that you get student workers from? My school doesn't have a sport management program and is a D3 that emphasizes academics. So it's not easy to find sport-minded workers at schools with these programs. So what's what's something that we can do to show how to get more student workers uh, outside of this if they don't have a specific program at their school? Well, JD touched on it a a little earlier. I believe they have to be interested in sports. You don't need to be a a sport management major to have an interest in sports. Um, and, And I've actually had students who had no interest in sports who just needed a job uh who couldn't tell you the difference between a hockey puck and a basketball and uh they were some of the best workers i ever had uh it's just kind of empowering that person and and taking the time to explain their role and get them get them involved in something that they'll be interested in one of my favorite stories of how i got someone in the profession was we were doing a basketball game at Bowling Green and one of my student workers at the time was from the same hometown as the kid he was talking to. And we were in a position up high where I could not get across the way to give stats to TV. This was before uh, the internet in terms of live stats and things like that. So I saw him talking to a kid before the game. I said, look, I know you're here watching the game. If you come up, I'll pay you 10 bucks um, and give you free tickets to the rest of the season. I said, come up, at every media timeout, back up here through the stands, I'm going to hand you four sets of stats and you're going to run across the court and give them to TV. And I ended up, that guy ended up doing a student assistant for me. He was a grad assistant, came with me to Indiana and was a full-time assistant at Indiana before he went to uh, Ohio State. Where And now he's uh, out of the profession. But sometimes friends of a friend, that's what you've got to do. Find out, do they have any friends that may be interested in, in, in being involved and being at games and being a part of what you're doing. And that was really successful for me. All right, we're going to wrap up with our final takeaways. Let's uh, start with uh, Pearl. What's, what's the final takeaway for you? Um, for me, I have the three T's and I think it's just teach them how, teach them, train them, you know, um, and trust, trust the process, trust them, trust that they know what they're going to do and, and their abilities. And that way it will transform into the career that they, that they want to do. That's my three takeaways for, for it. That's Ken, what's the takeaway for you? Um, when I got into this business, I was hired by co-side of hall of famer, Rick Letty. And uh, I, I remember the job interview. You already have the job. It's yours. Uh, you start next Wednesday. Um, but, uh, you know, you're going to know soon enough whether or not you like this job. No matter what, give it a year. I need I need somebody to fill this role for a year, a year at least. But you're going to know whether you like this job or not. 
And I, I've used that going into every interaction I've had with, with every student, uh, uh, any full-time assistant, graduate assistant that, that's come to me is be upfront and just say, this is, this is going to be, um, it's going to be an intense job. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're watching sports for a living. There are worse things. My, my father, my father lugged mail for 40 years. You know, uh, th there's worse jobs to have uh, than this. Uh, and and try to show the value in what what we all do and and how fun it, it is. That's that's why we do it. Before I hand it over, AD, because you've got you've got some good ones. Mine was just network, 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 and that's how I've built what I've had here is just working with uh, the uh, departments here on campus and having students uh, pull in friends that would want to work and do things. So my, mine is just network, network, network. Now, JD, I'll, I'll turn it over to you because you've got some great uh, words for your final wrap up. Well, what I try to do more than anything is lead by example. And when I have interactions with students or anybody else, what I've got to do is show my love and show my passion for my profession. I've got to inspire. That's the same thing you have to do as a teammate. You know, the best players on the teams that in which you work with inspire people. Uh, and that's what I learned. I learned that as a student athlete. You know, we talked about um, doing stuff for little or no money. That's that's a big one. We talked about the big time is wherever you're at. But I think more than anything else, if you don't show passion and love in what you do, then you're not going to inspire anyone to want to be like you or be or, or hope to achieve that same passion and love that you bring to the table every day. And that's what I try to do most of all. All right. We'd like to give a big thanks to our presenters today for their discussion and their insights. We encourage you to check out Cosida.com for updated information on what's tap for, on tap for Cosida continuing education throughout the, the academic year. This week, we start our coffee shop series again with our four formal Zoom discussions around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Please go to our website and sign up for our sessions, and which will start on Wednesday, September 7th at 1 p.m. Eastern and Thursday, September 7th, 8th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Thanks again for being with us today, and we appreciate all of you being a part of COSIDA. Thanks, Adam.